What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Okay, you know, like at camps and stuff like this, you take the ball out. You ain't getting the ball back. <laughs> like, you the last one up the court. They already did their thing. So I stopped there, and I just got into a rhythm and started hooping. The Lakers should sign Trey Young this summer. They got to kind of start preparing for, like, if LeBron's last year is this year or next year, whenever it is. And I feel like a uh, pick and roll with AD and a guy like Trey Young would be deadly. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It's packed with benefits to help unlock more value from your business purchases. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Welcome into What's Burning. I'm here with Matt Barnes. And Matt, my plan today was to come in and not speak to you because UCLA beat Northwestern in the NCAA tournament over the weekend. But it's only the two of us. So that plan actually seems kind of shoddy. I'm still very sad, though. Rich, I mean, you guys had a brief chance. I mean, you guys had a nice, valiant effort, half, but it, you already kind of knew what the outcome was going to be. We'll be all right. I, I had hope. I had hope in that second half. Your, your voice came out tight in the first half, and then we dug our way, we clawed our way back, and it wasn't enough, which is kind of the story of my life as a fan of Northwestern sports teams. But, you know, we got back to the tournament second time ever, and I was very proud of those boys. So I'm giving them a little shout-out. And uh, you have a sweet 16 prediction for your guys? Uh, I mean, I, I, Gonzaga. You know, we've had a, you know, I yeah. wouldn't call it a rivalry, but we've faced each other enough and you know they knocked us out in the national championship a few years ago so obviously health is going to be a big part it's just it's as it is in the nba but uh definitely looking forward to it Thursday. all right we'll see what happens let's talk about nba in the meantime john morant my friend is expected to play in the grizzlies game against the rockets on wednesday night he was actually eligible to play on monday night but it has been a while since his last game it was all the way back on march 3rd and the team thought he needed just a little bit more conditioning so instead he was courtside he did get a really nice standing ovation though from the crowd he had a nice moment with kyrie irving after the game Matt, what do you expect going forward with Ja? Because Jaron Jackson Jr. told The Athletic that Ja is, quote, about to come back and run the league. Oh, I believe it. Uh, I believe the league should be on notice now. I think he obviously had a, you know, a, a lapse of judgment. Again, I don't, I don't jaw, mm-hmm. judge a 23-year-old millionaire too harshly because very few people can speak to what it's like to have that kind of money, power, and control. So I think he had to come back down to earth a little bit. Uh, he took some personal time, which is always important. Um, but I expect him to be a menace to society in a good way on the court. Uh, I expect him to come back with a lot of energy. You think about it, it was, you know, a, a two and a half week break. Uh, someone who's logged a mm-hmm. lot of minutes this season. But I come back a great with point. a lot of energy, uh, art. And I hope he comes back to not only a warm uh, welcome in, in Memphis, but just around the league because I, I think he's so instrumental to this league as far as one of the young up and coming future faces of the league. Yeah, I hope so too. And I think he will. I mean, 
this kid did not commit a crime against humanity. He made some bad judgment errors and certainly took a few weeks to get his head straight, hopefully made some significant changes in the way he sort of behaves, runs his life, makes choices about who he hangs out with. And maybe it's a wake-up call that is preventing a more negative incident from happening in the future. So all those things I think we can actually look at as a positive of what Ja has been going through and doing over the past couple weeks. Um, I do wonder, and and I just don't know this because I've never been a professional basketball player, so much of his game is based on confidence, right? I mean, he's been one of the most confident guys in the league. Do you think anything that's happened with him in the last month or so will take a little bit of the wind out of his sails, or do you think he's going to come back exactly the same kind of guy? Well, I think one thing he'll he'll never lack um, is confidence, and I think I agree with you that that's what makes him so great. He truly believes every night he steps on the floor, he's the best player on the floor, and and that's how he should think because the majority of the night he is. So I definitely don't think he'll lack in confidence. I don't even think he'll be rusty. I mean, this is a young 23-year-old kid, again, with plenty of energy, um, and I'm excited to see what he does the rest of the way. Well, I mentioned that athletic story where Jaron Jackson was quoted. Here's another interesting detail. Uh, We know there have been, of course, a number of incidents with Morant prior to this latest one, and that in an effort to keep Ja out of further trouble, even before he left for the suspension, the Grizzlies had already started changing their travel schedule to, quote, curtail nightlife habits with the Grizzlies flying out of more road cities, especially the glitzier ones like Miami, immediately after the game instead of staying overnight. Now, Matt, those overnights in Miami, I happen to know you took advantage of some of those to have a little fun. I've heard you tell the stories. Um, What do you think when you hear this? Uh, You mean, I I giggle initially uh, from a standpoint of obviously this is a serious matter, but I mean, that's a part of the best part of being in the NBA is is, is being able to hang out in your cities. Um, whether it be off night or after a game or, or whatever the situation is. But I think Memphis understands the importance of, you know, putting him, not putting him in a situation where he can mess up or misstep again, because not only is he important for his team, but he's important for the league. So um, if I'm a teammate, I'm a little disappointed, but I also understand the bigger picture. You know, this team is very talented and have aspirations of being an NBA champion. And you want to eliminate for, for the for, for the shortcoming, you want to eliminate, you know, any obstacles uh, that may be sitting there. And obviously, you know, hanging out after in New York or Miami. I mean, he found something to do in Denver, and that's kind of hard to do. So mm-hmm. I think they just kind of want to eliminate <laughs> any possible miss uh, this season. And, you know, I, I doubt next season they'll do the same thing but right now it's all about business and i get it it kind of reminds me of the lakers you know how you know nba teams used to long ago have beer in the locker room after games and when kobe bryant got to the lakers he was very famously underage right came straight out of high school and they had to get rid of the beer in the locker room post game because kobe was on the team and that actually caused some resentment among the older teammates uh, i think uh, as you point out jazz tighter with the guys on this team and uh, i think there'll be a little bit more understanding but it does make me think a little bit back in the day did you have beer in the locker room when you played at all or did that already pass before you left before you got there i was that old so yeah it was still there i mean similar to the story i mean if they're taking the beer out and Kobe brought championships, if that means them flying out of cities early and John bring them championships, I'm sure they'll 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 take that as well. Absolutely. All right. Before we leave the topic of the Grizzlies, we have to discuss Dylan Brooks. You know, earlier this month when Memphis played Dallas, Brooks said this about Kyrie Irving. He said, "Quote: I can't wait to pick him up full every time and see him get exhausted." Then we get to Monday night because Memphis and Dallas have played like 100 games in the last three weeks. I can't even keep track of how many games they've played, but they did play again on Monday night. Kyrie came out hot, scored nine points in the first quarter, largely guarded by Brooks, and the cameras even picked up Kyrie turning to Brooks at one point and saying, quote, keep playing that dumbass defense. So then we get to the third quarter of this game. Dylan Brooks trips Kyrie. Now, the Mavericks said Kyrie was not seriously injured. He stayed in the game, but he did struggle the rest of the way. He was even in a walking boot mat afterward as a precaution, they said. Meanwhile, after the buzzer sounds, Brooks still walks up to Kyrie and tries to do a jersey swap. Kyrie did hand Brooks his jersey. Kyrie had already taken his jersey off like he does after every game. But he just kind of ghosted Dylan, he wouldn't take his jersey. He kept walking. Kyrie later said that he didn't mean it as disrespect. He was just looking for a job. But um, what do you make of the fact that Dylan was talking that talk and then tried to swap jerseys with Kai and then Kai was like, yeah, never mind. 
classic, classic. Brooks, you know, hate him or love him, he he's carved out a niche for himself, and he's an important part um, at Memphis Grizzlies team. And guys around the league may not like him, but I think they respect his efforts because he's going out there, he's playing hard. Uh, he, he, you know, he, for the most part, outside of getting Tesco fouls, you know, he he, he makes winning plays. So um, I'm sure there's a sour taste in the league about someone like him who has so much to say that hasn't accomplished much, but. I think that's what this Memphis team kind of is about. You know, this team is a young, very confident team. It feels like they're the best in the world. And uh, I have no issue with that. You just, you know what I mean? You have to show me. You have to be solid in the rest. And then, you know, when the real lights turn on, playoff time, that's when you have to back your talking up. So um, I thought it was hilarious that, that, that Kyrie didn't take the jersey. Uh, again, I mean, Dylan's just been... <laughs> out a lot and if it's an NBA you know someone might have to you know check that but it's you know the, the league now is there to run his mouth and to me I just you know he has to continue to back up his talking with solid play and, and his team's ability to win when it matters the most do you think that this is going to hurt like because Dylan's kind of picked it guys on multiple, multiple teams. It's not just Draymond Green. It's not just Kyrie. There's guys kind of across the league that he sort of started stuff with. He's going to be a free agent. Do you think this is going to hurt his bag at all? I don't necessarily because, again, I mean, his numbers are what they are. I think he's, you know, one of the top defenders um, in the league. And I was someone who, you know, may have rubbed people the wrong way. As soon as I got in that locker room, guys love me. So <laughs> out there talking as much as he was i was more with the um but you know there was a there was kind of a, a stigma on me that you know i hated to play against him love to have him on the team so hopefully right. that'll be his stigma because the kid can definitely and i i like it i like it i don't know if i would like it if he was an opponent you know i probably would have had to say something right. or do something you got to shut that mouth up you know what i mean so until you can beat them consistently or knock them out of the playoffs or give them not a, a reason not to talk he's going to talk and even if you do Give this not to talk, he'll probably still talk. Again, this is kind of just who that Memphis Grizzlies team is, and I know he's an important asset to that team. So I like what he does for his team. I, I love it as a fan. I mean, look, I'm not on the other end of his chirpings, but so it's easy for me to sit on the couch and say, or sit courtside and say, oh, this is fun. But it's so much fun. Like, it's so much fun to watch this entire Grizzlies team and just sort of their confidence, as you said. Like, I mean, I, I don't know. I think we need more of that kind of stuff. The NBA is a sport. Sports are fun. Like, let's not take all of this too seriously. Uh, I love I love watching the Grizzlies mouth off and kind of go do their thing. And uh, I think we need a little more of that in the NBA. So I'm all for it. I, I I'm interested to see how many enemies Dylan Brooks makes or whether it's kind of like, as you said, like you. I mean, you're a guy that got so much respect from other players for the exact reason that you're talking about. So we'll have to see if he can pull that off as well. I don't know. It's interesting when you look well, at he, Memphis. The hmm, Go ahead. No, I was going to say it's just, you know, because it, it it's double pronged now, Rachel, because now you want to see what he does if he can back it up on the court. But then you also want to hear what kind right. of wild shit he's going to say in, 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 in court side or, or in the locker room. <laughs> Oh, is he, you know, his little chest hair out with the uh, with the with no shirt on. So he's again, he's creating a niche in his uh, for himself in this league, and and I respect it. Love it, love it. I mean, it's interesting too when you look at Memphis because all the drama, like if it's a distraction, that's one thing. But the drama has not really affected them on the court. They're still the number two team in the West. I think they've won three in a row as we sit here. Of course, the West is a very flawed conference right now overall. There are plenty of nights it seems like nobody would like to win a basketball game. Um, Memphis is strong. Uh, the Kings obviously have been steady. Uh, we've seen other teams, though, kind of go up and down. If I asked you right now, hey, Matt, who is the best team in the West? Not on paper, where injuries don't exist, but just in reality. Who is the team you would put your money on right now? Which team would that be? I wouldn't put my money on a team in the West. I put my money on a team in the East because I, I just feel like the West <laughs> is, is literally. You look at the top three seeds: Denver, uh, Memphis, and Sacramento. They don't have very much playoff history. Actual core, you can see Denver the Western Finals in the bubble, but that's just a little different kind of situation. So, to me, yeah. uh, as much as I love, respect Jokic, and as much as I love, Memphis, you know, working for the Kings, I'm out here in Sacramento. I love working together. 
Rachel, we know the most important thing in the playoffs is experience. So then when you come to experience, you look at teams that are lower than those seeds. So you look at the Clippers, who's made a Western Conference final run and have a Kawhi Leonard, who's won two finals MVPs. Uh, you look at Golden State, who has the most experience in this, you know, in, in, in the league. Uh, you look at Phoenix Suns. Um, and if Kevin Durant can come back healthy, Devin Booker's been on a tear. Chris Paul's a per floor general still, though he's a little bit older. Uh, they're tough. And then if, look, to me, I would, I'm someone crazy enough to think that if LeBron can get healthy, no one wants to see the Lakers at a 1-8 at a or a 2-7. I don't care who you are. So there's teams with the most experience and championship pedigree towards the bottom. These new teams up at the top don't have very much experience. So to answer your question, I couldn't really put my money on anybody. I mean, it, it takes the, you know, it, the right time to get hot and make a run and then health. And, and, and that can be from anyone from Sacramento to Memphis to Denver to the teams I just mentioned to, you know, Sacramento, Denver, and Memphis possibly getting bumped in the first round because there's quality seven, six, seven, eight uh, seeds. So I'm really excited about the Western Conference. There's no clear-cut teams. like in, in, in the Eastern Conference, you can clearly say that Milwaukee – and Boston and, and and I think Philadelphia has played themselves in that top tier in the in, in the uh, Eastern Conference, but in the Western, it's literally a shootout every single night. You know, Denver's what five and five in their last ten. You know, they're 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 in you know jeopardy, falling out of that number one seed. I think they have a three game lead. So I love the West like this. I think it's more competitive, and I, I think we're all going to be surprised who comes out the West. And I don't think anyone could really pinpoint who that is at this point. I'm I'm curious what you said about the LeBron thing because look any LeBron James Anthony Davis team and they've got more shooting around those guys now and after the trade deadline and all that but with LeBron even if he does make it back and the Lakers gave an injury update on Monday saying you know it sounded more hopeful that he was going to be back by the end of the regular season even so don't you think that his conditioning I mean it's been a while don't, don't you think that the conditioning and kind of just having been away is going to be an issue you're not worried about that at all you know, with technology now, Rachel, I'm sure he's probably been on that underwater treadmill trying to keep his cardio up or on the bike. And obviously you can't late NBA movement. You just can't. But, I mean, he's someone who yeah. is professional. And it's I'm kind of sad from a standpoint of just being such a fan of him that, you know, normally this guy is someone who sprains his ankle. His ankle bone will hit the ground and he'll tighten his shoes up and jump right back up. You know, we're starting Absolutely. to see just LeBron get old. Oh, it's coming to an end. So as a fan... Um, I'm sad. I'm, I'm sad for that. Uh, we know we don't have too much more time with him. But again, I think conditioning could be an issue. Um, but I, I, I wouldn't say, hey, they're going to lose because LeBron's not in shape or LeBron has no wind. Um, I think they did a great job of bringing quality pieces in and, and, and putting role players that can be stars in their role around uh, LeBron and AD. But all this is predicated upon those two guys' health. But if those guys are healthy enough to be out there on the floor, I mean, I think they're a scary matchup at seven or eight for a number one or two seed. Well, it's going to be interesting with them. It's going to be interesting with the Warriors. I just want to give a quick shout. The Warriors won a road game on Monday night. Yay! Yeah. It was against Houston, um, the worst team in the Western Conference, and it stopped an 11-game road skid for Golden State. We'll probably address that as we go forward more, but hey, they did it, so wonderful. AT&T Connects and Ode to Podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the driving to work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It's packed with benefits to help unlock more value from your business purchases. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, 
Call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps in the Angie app or clicks on the site. You can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie too for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com, or download the app today. I do want to get back to the Kings, uh, because you are up in sack right now. Um, Literally have the best offense ever. Right now, their O rating is 119.4. Very impressive. Also, you do have to put this into a little context, though, because if you look at the 20 teams with the best offensive ratings in history, they have all played in the last four seasons, Matt. I mean, I read the point with the way the rules have changed, the three-point shot, all that. Should we just actually stop comparing current teams and stats to historical teams? Because I, I keep hearing people like, oh, my God, Kings, best offense ever. I everything changed. I mean, it's hard to, it's hard, it's, it's hard to know what ground you're standing on. I mean, Rachel, this is like the, what is it? The juice ball era for baseball. You know what I mean? Where right. it's, statistically <laughs> it's hard to come to, you know what I mean? The baseball was dead and, 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 and they started juicing the balls and juicing themselves and, and, and turned it into something <laughs> that we've never seen uh, from a base. So I think it is a little, I wouldn't say asterisk because I, you don't never want to disrespect what guys are doing, but it's just a different game. Yeah, it's now. no one's the tempo, fault. The pace, the number, yeah. the, the lack of physicality on the defensive end, uh, the freedom of movement on the offensive end. It's really hard to go out there and play defense, um, especially with these weak ass refs. So, um, hats off to the Kings and, and everyone else that, that that is really doing things. But we also know, you know. No matter how high your offensive ratings, you have to be able to play defense to win championships. And I think that's something that the Kings are starting to understand is, you know, this team is a tremendous offensive juggernaut, uh, but lack defense until the fourth quarter. So I think if they start understanding, we got to start playing defense when the game starts. Uh, you know, Sacramento can make some noise. And, and, and although they're a high seed, you know, I think as they advance, it, it, it would be kind of a surprise to a lot of people. But they definitely have that type of talent. Uh, everyone believes in Mike Brown. I think he's the clear-cut coach of the year. Uh, De'Aaron Fox's, you know, and, and Sabonis have cemented themselves. I think those guys are both all uh, NBA performers. I'm not sure what tier you want to put them mm-hmm. on, but what they've been able to do to uh, their team individually and statistically has been uh, very impressive. So Sack's offense is amazing. Got to get a chance to see it, it, it often. But if I have one area of concern, it's just consistency on the defensive end. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't want to, by the way, I don't want to sound like I'm saying what the Kings are doing offensively is nothing, because if you had told anyone Sacramento was at the top uh, of any list like this, right. it would be incredibly impressive a year or two. <laughs> I mean, nobody would have even believed you. So it is awesome what they are doing. It is a thrill to behold on offense. It just is not the same game as it was 10 years ago even. And I just wonder if we're at this break point where it's hard to see when you're in the middle of it because we're still comparing things even to like, oh, yeah, well, that's different from when Shaq and Kobe played or, or, or something like that because it's relatively recent. Um, 
But it's such a different game. It's almost like where we just sort of take all of Wilt's records and we say, well, Wilt played in a different era and the pace was different and you can't really compare, you know, the numbers that were being put up then to the numbers going on now. And I, I sort of feel we're going to look back in 10, 15 years and see this huge break um, from just a few years ago and it's going to be considered a different era, even from the stuff in recent memory, even from the LeBron Miami Heat days or something like that. Um, I feel we're going to see a pretty big distinction sure. and it's weird to be right in the middle of it. I just, the one thing I hope is, again, I love the out, offensive outpour. I just hope at some point they allow the defense to catch up to the offense. Just allow, allow a little yeah. bit more physicality on the and the ability to just guard your man without a foul for breathing on him. But, I mean, I love, Rich, you know this game continues to grow globally because people want to see highlights. They want yeah. to see dunks. They want to see threes from it's half fun. court. All that is fun. You don't want to see a Detroit Pistons 92-89 game. You want to see Steph hit 15 threes and, and, and guys dunking left and right. To me, that's what grows the game. But at the same time, as someone who played the game and has a, a defensive mind, I just hope at some mm -hmm. point, uh, again, I love this offense. And I feel like these kids are more skilled now than they've ever been. I just hope that they, the league allows the defense to catch up. Well, I'm going to not continue this line of discussion because I think if they could fine you retroactively for insulting the referees, they would reach back into this podcast and do that from your playing career. So I'm going to save you some money. But I, I do agree with you. And I think that uh, <laughs> I, I think we might see a swing. I don't know. Maybe at some point. I don't know. I want to move on to the New Orleans Pelicans because on December 30th, this team was tied for the top spot in the West. It's hard to remember. It was only a few months ago. They had depth. They had three 20-point-a-night scorers. Now they're sitting outside even of the play-in, and obviously they've had huge injury problems since then. But as we look forward on this team at this point, you got to just bake injuries into the equation, right? I mean, especially where Zion is concerned. I, we bent back and did the math. There's 315 games the Pelicans have had since he was drafted. He has only played in 114 of them, Matt. So what do you think as you look forward for the Pelicans here? I mean, they're a game out of the plan right now, so it's only one game. Can they get in and, and do something this season or next year? Can they try to do more? Uh, they've got some big contracts. I don't know. What do you think when you see this team? Uh, I think injuries are a perfect example of why this team kind of is where they are. And uh, it, it, it's been as great as Zion is when he's on the court. He's just not on the court as much. He's played in less, less than half the games uh, allotted to him in his career. Um, when he's out there, he's incredible. He's breaking right and right, but they can't get him on the court. And then you saw, you know, Brandon Ingram, you know, had a long time this year where he was down. Uh, CJ McCollum has been that consistent. Um, obviously, shout out to my guy, Willie Green, for just trying to put the pieces together and have your guy. But again, you know, this the the, the, the three top contracts they have are going to take a lot of cap space. So it, it doesn't really give them much flexibility um, in the offseason. But I think they just everyone in that organization prays every night that Zion could be healthy because he is that kind of game changer. Um, he is that kind of force. And I love CJ Brandon and Zion together healthy because I don't think there's another trio in the league that tough. You know, Brandon Ingram is one of my favorite young players. He's got a little bit of KD in him. You know, CJ McCollum is a, is a veteran who learned a lot in Portland with Dame and can get you a bucket whenever he wants. And then again, there's nothing Zion can't do out there on the court if he's on the court. So uh, I think, again, everything is predicated upon their health. I hope that he can get healthy because, you know, uh, I, I think he has so much to offer this game and, and so much to offer these fans. So if he's not healthy, this is a lower Western Conference team. If he is healthy, this is a team that to me is right in the middle of the pack in the Western Conference. What's tough about Zion's health, too, to me, is that it's such the axis that the team rotates on. And look, as you said, they've got plenty of other good players, but he is the gravitational force, right? I mean, every time he's on the court, everyone knows how important he is to the squad. So when he's out, and right now we don't know when he's going to come back from that hamstring injury, I would have to think, Matt, it affects guys mentally, too. I mean, as I said, they're only a game out of the play-in, but if you don't think Zion's coming back or you don't know when he's coming back, if you were a teammate— I would think that would affect you, right? That you would just sort of been like, yeah, okay, whatever. Well, I mean, obviously, you know you need your best player. And, and with all due respect to the other guys on the team, he is the best player. Um, side Rachel gives everyone else a chance to show what they got. You know, guys that, you know, that, that, that wouldn't get the minutes if he was there, have an opportunity to kind of 
and, and the organization gets to kind of see who else they have on that front line because Zion is so dominant when he's in that he takes a lot of the, 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 the you know, the, the, the fame or the lights, so to speak. They know uh, they go as he goes, and he hasn't been. Mm-hmm. So, so, unfortunately, they don't. So, um, is there a table on his return? I haven't been able to keep up with it. But, you know, hopefully there is. And, and, and hopefully if he does come back, he's able to stay on the court <laughs> for the rest of the season. We shall see. And I want to go east for a minute because we haven't talked about the Cleveland Cavaliers that much. They lead the league when you look at fewest points allowed. They have the best point differential in the game. Are we not paying enough attention to this team, Matt? I mean, they're slated to play the Knicks in the first round if everything holds. And then the idea is whoever wins that matchup is kind of considered cannon fodder, right, for the number one seed, likely be the Bucks at this point. Is that not fair to the Cavs? Uh, it is fair because you have to earn, although we see potential, Rachel, with statistical numbers mm-hmm. on both sides of the ball. We see they have, uh, we see they have uh, Garland, who is an all-star, double-double guy, mm-hmm. uh, with Jared Allen and the young boy Mobley, who, whose statistics mm-hmm. are, are cool if you take a look at them. And then they have nice pieces and they got a really solid coach, but it's stronger than it, than it has been in the past. So... Although we may be overlooking them, they have to earn our our, our to, to to give them that. You know, the only way to do that is to obviously, you know, you can. I I don't see why they wouldn't be favored against the Knicks. I like the Knicks on this year, but if the playoffs were to start today, I would probably pick Cleveland. And then the way you earn that respect is going against the Giant in the second round and 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 being a Giant killer. You know, can you knock off right. Boston? Can you knock off Giannis and Milwaukee fully healthy? That's how you stop being overlooked. So they could be overlooked, but you have to earn that the, 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 that respect to not be overlooked, as Giannis did it. You know, but we were look, overlooking Giannis for a while. You know, he can't get to the big game, right. or he can't do this, he can't do that, and he's can do everything that everyone said he couldn't. That's why he's looked mm-hmm. at up here now. So I feel like right. Cleveland is kind of a second tier team, and I said back. I think behind milwaukee boston and philadelphia cleveland is kind of a second tier team but the only way to get to that top tier because they have all the pieces is to do it in the playoffs yeah i mean look i I just want to see that knicks cab series before we even move on to the next round because i'd like to see uh you know donovan mitchell Uh, in the garden with all the stuff and the drama that went on over the summer i think it's gonna be so hot and here's a guy who i think is totally up to it right he's a performer he can take that big stage and the booze of the fans and spike lee and all that i think it's gonna be really really good so we got some good playoff matchups brewing here i like it uh let's get to hmm. i want to I want to give a shout out to Julius Randle, man. He's been playing his ass off. I think he dropped 57 the other night in a losing effort. But, you know, there was something that he couldn't do. And I think the addition of Jalen Brunson's allowed him to show the world what kind of offensive machine he is. And he's been playing out of his mind. So I just definitely want to give him a shout out. Although I picked, if they were going to play Cleveland, I'd probably pick Cleveland. But I just love what he's been able to do and what that team has been able to do. And I'm excited to see, like you said, that first round matchup. If that's what it is, it's going to be fireworks. You know what I like about what Julius Randle's done this season, too, is that he really took time this past summer to take the criticism to heart. So many players sort of just sort of brush that stuff off or say that I'm getting screwed or they don't understand me or any of that stuff. And he really took Tom Thibodeau's words to heart. He took, you know, some of the other people, elder statesmen around him and changed a little bit the way he was approaching the game, even changing the way he approached the offseason a little bit. And I think... That really speaks to, we sometimes say players, oh yeah, they really evolve in their first year or their second year. Even a guy who has been around a few more seasons than that, the fact that he was willing to sit there and say, I can be better and different. I, I give a big shout out to that too. And we're seeing the results on the court, which I like. All right, next up, Legendary Moments presented by Top Shot. All right, from March 20th to March 31st, NBA Top Shot and NBA fans are going to decide which of the 64 Top Shot debut moments is the most legendary in the Top Shot debut moments moment showdown so basically in other words this is an ncaa tournament style bracket for debut moments so who do you think matt of all the greats which player had the best debut that should win this top shot moment bracket Mm, best debut shoot i would just probably say ja i mean ja is a must watch guy um you know you can look at Steph and what he's able to do. There's so many talented players, but I just think from Ja chasing someone down and pinning a shot to the top of the backboard to dunking yep. on an entire franchise, 
uh, he's just much watched TV, and I think that's I think uh, and I speak for everyone. Everyone's just so excited to see him back on the court because he just is electric, night in night out. So if I had to pick one moment or one player, I would definitely pick Ja. They better get this tournament in now because I think next year when Victor Webanyama takes the court for the first time, we're going to see a possibly a new contender in there. So <laughs> everyone go vote now. You can follow the action on NBA Top Shot's website. Vote for your favorites all March by following NBA Top Shot on Twitter. Learn more and get started. Head to NBATopShot.com today. On the radar presented by DraftKings, let's talk a little MVP, Matt. The race had largely been all about Nikola Jokic for most of the season, but the Nuggets have been struggling, the Sixers climbing up the standings, and Joel Embiid has officially taken the number one slot to the odds makers. Here they are. Joel Embiid is at minus 240. Nikola Jokic is plus 250. Giannis is sitting there at plus 450. And Jason Tatum is at plus 10,000. So if you're a Celtics fan and you want to put some money on Jason, you can get a good return for your investment there. Meanwhile, Giannis said last week that the whole thing is hard for him to navigate since there is no agreement on what anyone is voting on, which I mean, thank you, Matt. You've had to sit next to me for years now talking about this. Um, His point was, I don't even know what criteria people are voting for. What is your main criteria, Matt, when you talk about MVP. Let's start there. Let's start with you. I mean, there, it, it's just unspoken rules that the voters go by. But unspoken means no one else knows what the hell is going on. Um, you want <laughs> obviously want to look at where, where, where do you have your team at? You know, what seat are they sitting in? I obviously think that's important. Uh, your ability to not only score, but affect the game in different ways. And I think his, uh, I think Embiid's ability to <clears throat> not only score the ball from all three levels very effectively, uh, he also is a solid rebounder and a rim, rim protector. So, um, you know, you can arguably say, Rachel, every single season, there's two or three guys that can win it every single year. Uh, you know, and, and I think mm-hmm. Giannis is one of the, once he, once, since he's Brian, he's been someone who could win it every single year. Uh, and that's not to take away from Jokic. And, you know, obviously some people felt that Embiid had won at least one of those last two, but they've been Jokic. Yep. So his numbers, themselves, his ability, he has his team sitting at the top of the Western Conference, although they've been playing, you know, 500 ball of late. That's hurt him. But I just think the tear that Embiid's been on, um, I think the fact that he's been so close two years in a row, uh, it could have went either way, literally. I think what he's done this year, the tear he's been on, getting hot at the right time, getting his team, climbing his team up to, you know, I think either a half game out of second or a game out of second in the, in, in the Eastern Conference um, is really big. And, and, and he deserves it because I was I was someone who thought he deserved it last year. So I'm glad odds makers kind of see, uh, you know, what, what everyone else has been seeing. But, but to your point, Rachel, there is no criteria. And I think that's what keeps not only players – but fans and, and possibly voters sometimes confused on like, what are we really looking at? <laughs> you know, what are we really judging? Is it points per game? Is it wins? Is it defensive efficiency? You know, what, what is it impact on the team? So I don't really know what the criteria is. I just know that I feel like Joel Eid, uh could possibly already have one MVP under his belt, but should definitely get his first uh, this year. See, that's so so you're making the point that he could have won previously. He maybe should have won previously in the mind of some voters and fans. And that factors into your decision. And you're not anywhere near alone. Boogie Cousins said basically the same thing on this podcast last week. And yet that's not who had the best stats this season. And which is why I keep arguing we need to separate out the idea of who has had the best statistical season from who the best player is right now, who is the guy you'd least want to face, especially since are we talking offensive stats? Are we talking defensive stats? And I get the nuance of, hey, it shouldn't just be a straight one-factor thing. Otherwise, we don't even need to have a vote. We could just sort of do it robotically. But there's a difference between having nuance in having an argument over MVP, and I like to take into account this, and every voter likes to take into account that, and just having it be totally scattershot with 10 different things coming into the equation and nobody being able to even agree on any of them. So I I just think we've gotten so far away from any sort of ability to have a consensus, and the, the tone of the debate has gotten so toxic in part because, I mean, part of it's internet culture, but part of it is because people are yelling at each other or past each other about totally different things. So I would, again, as I've said many times, I'd like to see a little awards reform here and have the NBA join the NFL to join the NHL and in separating out some of these awards for best overall player versus who's had the best season. 
But I think we're at that point right now where how this vote goes will dictate possibly where people see that criteria laying because Nikola Jokic does have some superior statistical numbers in a lot of different categories. But the feeling among a lot of people who watch the NBA right now is, hey, if I had to face one of them, you know, Joel Embiid is the guy I fear the most right now of those two. Or Giannis, by the way. No, I agree. Most of those guys. And, and I think, you know, the NBA is so progressive, and I completely agree, you know, with the, the offensive MVP. I mean, excuse me, offen- or, or, you know, whatever, offensive player of the year. You know what I mean? And then an MVP, to me, those are two. Sometimes they could be tied in one. But I think the one thing that I really like that they've been talking about it late is, is uh, you have to play a certain amount of games. And I think you and Boogie discussed games that minimum. Uh, last show as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think I, I wonder what that would what- Five seventy games. I, I mean, you think back when we played. I mean, it was a it was it was a badge of honor to play eighty two games. You look at Michael Jordan when right. he was making his runs. He was playing eighty two plus, and then Defensive Player of the Year, Finals MVP, MVP. Like obviously the game is changing. I don't want to compare eras, but to win such a big award, I think you definitely should have to play. Or, or to win any award, I feel like you should have to play a certain amount of games because there are guys out there that are pushing themselves to try to get to every single game. Um, to play every single game. So I, I definitely like where that's at. I just wonder what that magical number will be if that's something that's implemented. But here's my cynical take on that. Whatever that magical number is, is going to be a negotiation between the Players Association and the league. And I could pretty much, as I sit here, guarantee you that that number will not be as high as a lot of fans will want. So let's say that number ends up being 60, 65. I mean, is that really going to do anything for load management or is that going to really do anything for what you're talking about of that badge of honor and kind of, you know, spurring guys to play a little bit more? I don't think we're going to see a negotiated number between those two sides end up in the seventies. Do you? Uh, I mean, I hope the lowest it can go is 65. You know, you think 70, I mean, that's missing 12 games and that's kind of, that's at one sprained ankle and maybe a sore knee, a couple sore knees and, right. you know, a season, but 65 games, 17 games that, that you can miss, but you think that you put it to 60. I mean, you can miss 22 games and, and, and still win. So whatever it is, I'm glad I don't have to make the decision, but I hope they set it and stick to it and hopefully that'll raise the play. Guys to want to be out there every single night. We shall see. Let's go to Chicago for our closing thoughts here to start off. Uh, Lonzo Ball just had a third surgery on his injured knee, and uh, this was a cartilage transplant, Matt. That sounds gnarly. Uh, It is a relatively new surgery uh, as opposed to a full knee replacement. So we've never had an NBA player undergo this and return. Honestly, it doesn't sound like even his doctors are comfortable saying for sure what his prognosis is. They just keep saying this is his, quote, best hope. So, Matt, uh, what do you think? Because it's not just this surgery. Lonzo Ball has had a lot of injury issues his whole career. What is your gut telling you about whether we see Lonzo Ball back on an NBA court again? I want to say my gut is going to tell me that it's going to work. Um, I want it to work okay. as a fan of his. And, you know, obviously medicine has come so far, Rachel. Remember, an ACL used to be a career ender. An Achilles definitely used yep. to be a career ender. And then you look at guys like Clay Thompson, yep. back from both. You know, Kevin, Kevin yep. back from the Achilles. Kevin so I want that belief. Yeah, I want to have that belief that, you know, medical is is at an all-time high. Um, but I just I, – I, I feel bad for him from a standpoint of he's a good kid, and it's been a rough ride yeah. since he stepped in this, you know, partly because bad, partly because he hasn't had an opportunity to play. But when he's healthy, Rachel, he's one of the best court vision guys in the game, and he's someone who is old school from a standpoint. He'll pick you up 94 feet and make yeah. you work and take the ball from you if you're – he is such an important – I think his brother's kind of come in and taken that flair of obviously the ability to put the ball in the basket. But Lonzo was someone who could put the ball in the basket, make plays for his team, and make his teammates better. But then also really locked in on the defensive end. Like I, he was picking – when he was with, you know, picking up 94 feet, I love stuff like that. So I just pray that, you know, this is a situation that gives him a chance to get back out there. I hope the medicine is, you know, again, like I said, at an all-time high, it always continues to – but it just sounds scary. You know, you said, in, you know, uh, cartilage instead of a knee replacement. To think someone his age needs a whole knee replacement is is just exactly scary to hear. So, you know, I'm crossing and praying for him and his family, for his health, uh, because he is tremendous talent.
Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, he's, as you said, it's his whole career and it's been all the crazy hoopla with his dad starting out and kind of the attention that's been on him. He's soldiered through a lot. And I think a lot of people around the NBA are hoping this works finally. Maybe we will find out. Uh, let's skip over to Washington, D.C., my hometown. Magic Johnson looking to extend his team ownership portfolio by joining Josh Harris's bid to buy the Washington Commanders. Now, Magic, as we know, currently owns the pieces of the Dodgers, the Sparks, the LAFC. Harris, of course, has a big stake in the Sixers. Now, Matt, Magic would obviously not be the majority owner in this situation, but I'm just curious for your take. Do you think if this group is able to pull off the sale, do you think he would have a real voice in the NFL, a league that has struggled sometimes with social issues, how players are treated overall? Or do you think because he's not going to be like the voice, the guy in the chair at those uh, league ownership meetings, he won't really be able to have that impact? I mean, his name is Magic for a reason. You know, whether he's a minority <laughs> owner or, you know, whatever. Sounds a way, he finds a way to have his voice heard um, and it should be heard. Um question to you since you know that's your city what is your thought on it i mean management and you know ownership there's always been issues with snyder and, and management there um they're able to put you know similar to what, what the knicks have been able to do they've been able to put good talent together but you know it always starts at the top with that team so as someone who is a hometown girl there what is your thought on the, the possibilities of someone like magic and, and knowing what he brings to our game have an opportunity to possibly bring that to your team in the nfl I mean, look, Dan Snyder cannot tell, sell that team fast enough for me. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, he could sell it to like the guy in the corner selling newspapers and I would be like, awesome, great, new team owner, fantastic. So Magic Johnson, of all people, and Josh Harris, by the way, who's done great things uh, with the Sixers uh, in, in conjunction with Michael Rubin and, and their partnership group up there. But, um, you know, seems like a good group to me in terms of all these guys' track record. And, and I would love to see Magic Johnson's voice in the NFL. I, I think that... You're great. It's a great point. His name is Magic. And I, I think that even if he doesn't have an official seat at some of those tables because he wouldn't be the majority owner, his word carries so much weight and that he would get quoted in the newspapers. I mean, he doesn't need to be the majority stakeholder to have a majority style voice. And I think, frankly, the NFL could use Magic Johnson. So um, I am hopeful that among the many different interesting groups, one of them goes through soon um, and that team can get a fresh start because it has been miserable for a long time in that city. That is the team that made me fall in love with sports. They won three Super Bowls uh, during the span of my childhood and, and college and stuff. And I just... I, it has been hard to watch and all the stuff, the allegations and the proven proven uh, things that went on in that front office there and just the degradation of women that has gone on uh, there has just been, it's been just stomach churning. And so I would like someone to buy the team and uh, I hope that Magic Johnson gets to be one of those someones. That's all I would say. So that's, that, I have some strong feelings. Can you tell Matt? I don't know. Is that coming across? Good luck to you and those commander fans. I, 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 I would love to see you. Magic is, is, is the voice for our people. We obviously know that, mm -hmm. that not just our people, but we also know, you know, the, the NFL needs some help with just diversity and, and the way they look at things. And like you said, although he may not have the biggest seat at the table, he definitely has the biggest platform, bigger platform than Jerry Jones, bigger platform than any owner in the NFL. So what Magic, when Magic speaks, it's heard. So I would love to see someone who I grew up idolizing on the basketball court who's become a business juggernaut have the ability to cross over into the NFL and, and, and have a little piece of that as well. And it's interesting that Magic is talking about expanding that presence in a place like the NFL because we've also got news this past week that Michael Jordan is exploring selling his stake in the Charlotte Hornets. MJ, not only the most famous team owner in all of professional sports, he is the only black majority owner in the NBA. He's actually on a lot of committees within the Board of Governors, so it's not symbolic. He has a lot of say in a lot of places, Matt. What do you think the impact is going to be if he does so? Um... Just another good business move. I mean, I, I saw the evaluation. I think they're up to, what, $1.7 and they were in the 300 millions when he uh, took the team over. So another solid business Because Michael Jordan move. needs you know, some money? Critiqued... <laughs> right. Cause some people have critiqued his <laughs> management, owner skills, whatever. But at the end of the day, I mean, like you said, the only black majority owner in the game, uh, a former player who's done so much for the game, um, I mean, he just kind of free will to do what he wants. It always seems like somehow he always ends up doing something with some good money. This this is no different. So 
uh, it'll be interesting to see. Obviously, Charlotte is just a tough place to build something. You know what I mean? So whether it's him or somebody else, it's just a tough build. Uh, build but, you know, I'm always going to be a fan of MJ. So best of luck to him. Well, as you say, it's it's tough. The fan base has gotten a bit defeated. Uh, two tickets to Monday night's game against the Indiana Pacers, Matt, were listed on a ticket resale website for $1 each. Of course, they were actually $14 of fees and, and taxes because that's how ticketing apps work. But a single upper-level seat was going for 3 bucks. Um, they they do have their work cut out for them. We'll see. Maybe a new ownership, maybe, maybe a shakeup will happen, although I think who he's trying to sell it to is one of the current – other owners and an Atlanta Hawks minority owner. Anyway, we will keep an eye on that as well, as along with everything else in the league. Matt, thank you so much for joining me today, even though you were brewing and I'm mad at all Bruins right now. I'm going to, I'm going to um, try to get over that in the next couple days. <laughs> What's burning folks is available every week on Showtime Basketball YouTube, on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok at Show Basketball. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. Discover a new educational and interactive podcast, Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids. Our episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We went shape hunting around the block, and we found spheres and cubes on the street. That was great fun. Join Stories for Kids, the Lingo Kids podcast, inspiring you to learn while having fun. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Season 9 of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. I've got some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring the one and only Chris Jenner. Oh my gosh, congratulations. That is very, very exciting. And that's just the beginning. We'll also be joined by podcast hosts Jay Shetty, Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, and many more. So come on in, take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.